Settled in, lock in, strap in. It's the Fantasy Domination Podcast! All right, fantasy football freaks, when you hear that music, it's time for Fantasy Domination Podcast. We are talking fantasy football, we are talking dynasty leagues. You give us 30 minutes, we will give you a championship. Tonight, on the line, we've got the man who once lost Emmett Smith in a divorce. That's my man, Rusty. Hey, what's up? And I'm joined by the 43-time fantasy champion and the man who invented the flex position, none other than the coach. Coach, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. You know, getting ready for fantasy football. We've only got, what, four months left? So, yeah. Yeah, four months. And I'm counting down the days. I'm counting down the hours, coach. I'm excited. Excited for fantasy football. Because, listen, I'll tell you, there's nothing more exciting when you're a fantasy football fan than organized team activities. Oh, OTAs, baby. Unless you're Odell Beckham Jr., in which case, you're just staying at home. Oh, well, you know, at least he's in a better place now. And would you ever, did you ever see yourself looking at the day, Coach, where you would say that someone in Cleveland is in a better place? I I think the apocalypse is upon us, my friend. It might just be, but you know what? Until then, we've got fantasy football advice to dish out. Well, you you know you know someone, Coach, uh, who will not be doing any OTAs this year, this season. Who's that, Rusty? It's timed once again with Rusty the coach to pull one out for the end of another era. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, EJ Manuel is retiring. All right, let's just take a minute, take a moment to remember a guy. I'm seven angel. May you find some comfort here. And that's good. All right. All right. Let's just say we're having a little fun here. EJ Manuel. I mean, he was the best, quote unquote, best quarterback in a in our easily, I think, the worst draft class in NFL history. Ended up with a team that had no intention of doing anything with them. And, you know. In the end, he's still got more money than us, so good for him. And that's not just because you've been divorced four times. Ooh. Hey, hey, it's only three. Well, I think it's three. Now I but let's count. talk. All right. So when he played, when he was drafted, there were concerns about his accuracy. There were concerns about his decision-making. There were concerns about his ability to see the field. But you know what? There was another more important reason for why he didn't succeed as a quarterback. And do you know what that is, Rusty? I, I, this is why you're the coach. You're going to tell us the inside scoop that nobody else knows. It's because quarterbacks can't be known by their initials. That's right. That is right. It, 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 coach, have you ever heard of a quarterback who has who had uh, initials in their name and ever amounted to anything as a quarterback? EJ Manuel was terrible, by the way. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, Buffalo was uh, terrible for drafting him. They were terrible at, at helping him along, and he would just end up being absolutely awful. And Bills fans, if you ever wonder why Bills fans put each other through flaming tables, it's because of picks like EJ Manuel. That, well, that and beer. Cheap, cheap beer. Jenny Light. Uh, Jenny Light, baby. I've had a few Jenny Lights back in my day when I've gone through Buffalo. I don't want to talk about what happened afterwards. I'm pretty sure you divorced a Jenny once. Oh. But let's get back to the topic at hand. 
This is one I'm giving this as a shout out. This isn't a fantasy football tip. This is a life tip. Kids, if you want to be a success in football, if you want to be a success in life, you do not go by your initials. Because here is what I'm going to tell you. EJ Manuel, that is not the name of a winning quarterback. Eric Manuel, maybe we're getting a little closer. But again, let's be honest. Eric is not a name for successful quarterbacks. I'm gonna look, I would did a little research today, and you know what I found? Which Eric is a, Eric is a great name if you want to be a Pro Bowl caliber defensive back. Eric Davis, Eric Allen, Eric Turner, Eric Weddle, all of those guys, Pro Bowl caliber. You know, you want to know who played quarterback and was named Eric? Exactly. I'll give you two besides Eric Manuel. Eric Rodriguez Manuel Jr., which, I mean, he should have just gone by the whole name because that is much, much cooler sounding, but still doesn't make for a good quarterback. We're talking Eric Kramer, who had one fantasy-relevant season in 1995 when he was fourth in TDs and seventh in yards. And then Eric Wilhelm, a backup quarterback for the Bengals. Guess how many career touchdown passes Eric Wilhelm threw? Uh, I, I got this. He threw uh, uh, 12. Lower. Uh, nine. Lower. Six. Lower. Three. Lower. Two. Lower. Uh, one. Yep, that's right. <laughs> one regular season touchdown for God, Eric Wilhelm. God bless you, Eric Wilhelm. You know, there's there's really not many worse jobs in the world than career backup quarterback. You hold the clipboard, you make a few bucks, and if you're lucky, you marry a former Miss Alabama. <laughs> Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a, now there's a quarterback who made something of himself, uh, coach. Uh, A.J. McCarron, uh, also a former Buffalo Bill. Maybe, maybe it's Buffalo quarterbacks. But, uh, it, it, the, of course, when the most, most notable thing you've ever done is marry a sweet filly from Alabama, like who was actually Miss Alabama, that you actually aren't a good quarterback. So I guess he also falls under your rule, doesn't he, coach? And that's yep, why so. you're a 43 time fantasy champion. So let's look at this again for the kids. Don't go by your initials. And for fan our fantasy football freaks, don't draft a quarterback who goes by his initials. I don't care if you're an AJ or a DJ or an EJ or a JJ. You're not going to be a QB unless you have a proper name. So, so With coach, uh, you've obviously you're a very astute researcher, and what you uh, you must be able to give some. Inside scoop to all our fine listeners out there. What are some of the names that you found uh, great quarterbacks actually have? And I want you to you folks to grab a pen and paper and get ready to write this down because Coach is going to drop some knowledge. All right. So I went through. I looked at the history. We've got 53 Super Bowls now in the books. There's a pretty consistent. There's a few consistencies to the kind of quarterbacks who win Super Bowls. First of all, and it's hard to get around this fact. And I'm not going to do it too gently because I'm going to be blunt with you. They all have boring names. Toms, Joes, Johns, Jims, Russells, Bens, Cams, Barts. Real manly, name, manly names. You know, old-time names. That's what it takes to be a quarterback. That's what you want to be. You know what the weirdest quarterbacks who won a Super Bowl? Eli and Peyton. So, really, the rule is you got to have a normal name or you got to have you know, a genetic predisposition to elite level quarterbacking, and then you can have a weird name. Wow. That, that is such great insight coach. I'm going to make sure that I, that I draft nothing but Tom's and Joe's as quarterbacks from here on out. So here's the other thing I learned, and this may come as a shock to you, but if you want to be a Super Bowl caliber, caliber quarterback, and especially a Super Bowl winning quarterback, apparently it helps if you're white. Ooh. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah. Mm, mm, but it still helps to have a name like Russell or Cam. It's the names. It's got to be the yeah. names. It's the names. It's exactly. totally the names. Let's not get away from the fact that it's the names. So, so, so look at it. Oh, go ahead. Then, go if, ahead, then if then what about folks like your Baker Mayfields and the Carson Wentz, like these these highfalutin new quarterbacks that everybody thinks has a shot to win a Super Bowl? And uh, Jared Goff almost did it, and Carson Wentz could have done it if he didn't get hurt all the freaking time. Um, what about those guys? Is there any hope for them at all? Well, first of all, I want to say. No, Jared Goff did not come close to winning a Super Bowl. You watch that game. I watch that game to say he came close. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. that's unfair. Yeah, we're getting into now an age, you know, where, you know, you look at an average class of kids. There's 17 kids named Skyler, and half of them are boys and half of them are girls. That's the world we're living in now. So I think as time goes on, it's going to be harder to find a Tom and a Joe and a John. I mean, there's not even any dicks in football anymore. I challenge you. Go look at the football rosters now. Go to Pro Football Reference. Check out ESPN. You will not find any dicks around there. No dicks. No dicks. There it's are a not sad day when there aren't dicks. enough dicks in football anymore. There need to be more dicks, more dicks in football. But until we get some more dicks, we've got Baker. We've got Carson. We've got Jared. We've got Lamar. Can any of these guys be the next guy to break through? I don't know. I'm hoping so, especially because I have a couple of those guys on my fantasy teams this year and on the top of my fantasy rankings. Hell yeah. Uh, so, who, who, coach, who do you think might be the next great hope for uh, that could break that mold, if you will, of more uniquely named individuals that could break into that stratosphere of Super Bowl champion and amazing quarterbacks? Well, here's the thing. If you're looking for somebody who's going to break the mold, there is one choice that you want to look at. And that, again, we're going to go back to the great state of Alabama. Alabama. And look at Tua. I'm not even sure I can Tua. pronounce it. Who's called Tua? Tagovailoa. That guy, Tua. I mean, this that guy's awesome. That's a great guy. And, I mean, if you want a challenge, try pronouncing his entire name. Because Tua is short for, I'm going to try this. No, I'm not going to try it. It is long. Oh, wait, there's a pronunciation here. Tua, no, it's just Tua. Yeah, thanks Wikipedia for not telling me it has to spell his full name, but it's got like 20 letters. <laughs> so if you want a guy who's going to be, a, you know, a fantasy starter, potentially Super Bowl champion, guy who's going to lead your team, you might next year want to take a chance on Tua. And the good thing is you only have to call him Tua because everybody will know who you're talking about. That's amazing, Coach. So to bring this segment to a wrap, then we're going to take a quick break here. The lesson to learn, kids, is don't go by your initials, and if you need to, change your name to a good quarterback name. I don't care if you're Geno Smith, Geno Toretta. I don't care if you're Geno Vanelli and his sweet, sweet 80s vocals. Wild horses aren't going to drag you into it being a good QB if your name sounds like Geno. fantasy football freaks you didn't go anywhere but we took a little beer break we're back with segment two of this week's show where we're gonna play a game called for whom the bell tolls yeah that's right 
So for this little session here, we're going to talk about, we're going to take some running backs who have a few question marks associated with them and decide, would you rather have these guys or Le'Veon Bell, the newest running back for the New York football Jets? That's right. So we're going to play For Whom the Bell Tolls. And for this, we are going to count on the expert analysis of Rusty, who we like to call him in our one of our leagues, the running back whisperer. Why do we call him the running back whisperer? Because when running backs are playing, all he does is try to whisper them instructions. That's right. Run for the Guess touchdown. what? Rusty, they can't hear you. You don't know that. So we're going to run down a list of guys. We're going to leave the obvious ones off for now. You know, we don't need to ask, would you rather have Le'Veon Bell or Saquon Barkley? Because the obvious answer is going to be Saquon Barkley. But let's talk about some guys where there is a bit more of an interesting comparison. So first guy on the list, former, you know, fantasy football MVP candidate, David Johnson of the Arizona Cardinals. Who would you rather have, Le'Veon Bell or David Johnson? Well, you know something, Coach? David Johnson is such a huge question mark for me coming into this season. He was he wasn't actually as terrible as people think if you're playing in a PPR league, but he was so wildly inconsistent and Arizona was just so bad last year. Uh so bad that they hired a guy uh, the Cliff Kingsbury, who was barely successful in college, but for some reason, I don't know, what the heck is going on in Arizona, Coach? But that's another topic for another time. But I, I still have, maybe it's because I have David Johnson in 23 of my fantasy leagues, and I can't trade him for anything because uh, no one wants to give me fair value. But maybe I'm holding out hope. But I think I would just barely rather have David Johnson because... The Cardinals did go out and draft all the wide receivers and quarterbacks essentially in the draft, it seems. And they do have a load of offensive talent. So it, it may take a little while for uh, Kyler Murray and them to get things going. But it can't. they can't use David Johnson any worse than they used him last year. So I'm going to go just a little bit of a slight edge on this one to one David Johnson. You could call it wishful thinking if you want. But I just got a feeling that if you've got stock in him, you might as well hold on to him. You may be in for a fun ride and get one more year out of him at least. Yeah, and from a dynasty perspective, they're both 27. Um, you know, they both had some issues with injuries. Le'Veon Bell had the suspension. He didn't play last year, of course. If you look at usage, Le'Veon Bell in his five seasons, not counting last year. So, I mean, six seasons as a pro, five where he actually played. He's got, uh, let's see here, about 1,500, care, 1500 touches, whereas David Bell... Sorry, David Johnson. I'll just shove them together and make one running back. How's that sound? That actually would be a very good running back that I would draft in all my leagues. Yeah, so David Johnson, on the other hand, uh, he's coming up with about 850 touches. So if you want a little less tread on the tire, David Johnson might be your guy. As you said, there's a lot of interesting things going on in, uh, in Arizona. New quarterback, a few new receivers. We still like Christian Kirk from last year. They've addressed the offensive line in that they have an offensive line this year. And last year, I don't think they did. They did they not. Fired, they fired the inept coach, uh, which, again, something that Le'Veon Bell's new team has in common. <laughs> so I think I agree. I think this one is this one's a real toss up. It might depend on where you want to go. I think for me, I agree with you. I'd lean David Johnson. And I think the main reason is there's so much right now we don't know about what the Jets are going to be. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we're going to find out this season how much of his legendary Pittsburgh run was Le'Veon Bell and how much of that was Pittsburgh. 
I think we're going yeah. to see you playing with the Jets, who <laughs> have some internal turmoil over the fact that they acquired Mr. Le'Veon Bell. Some people, maybe they didn't like it, apparently. So this is going to be an interesting season, for sure. But he's still got yeah. a lot of talent, and just a matter of are the Jets good enough to take advantage of it. All right, who did you got next for me, Coach? All right, next up on the list of For Whom the Bell Tolls is a tab that won't load. There we go. All right. One of the biggest question marks going into this season, Leonard Fournette. He was all-world in college. He's been all largely disappointing as a fantasy player, down to the fact that it seemed like his team was ready to give up on him last year. Mm. I so, know a lot of fantasy would teams you rather? were ready to give up on him last year too, Coach. I had him on about five of my fantasy teams, and I regretted every single one of them. But uh, I think the flip side is this year – Leonard Fournette could be a great buy-low candidate. He could be a good buy-low candidate. I just, I, this guy is such a knucklehead in terms of what, uh, again, they say million-dollar talent, 10-cent brain. This guy really seems to fall under that. Like, he's a massive, just a massive human being. Uh, and, and he runs like a guy like 20 pounds lighter. But he's just such a knucklehead sometimes that I'm a little bit worried about him, at least with Le'Veon Bell, Imagine me saying this. I think Le'Veon Bell is less question marks than later Fournette. And I just, I don't trust the guy, to be honest, coach. Uh, I don't know about you, but I think if I'm going to decide in this case, the bell is going to toll for Leonard Fournette. And I would rather have Mr. Le'Veon Bell over this jackass. I got to say, if we're talking strictly based on on field performance, I think Leonard Fournette could also be, you know, not only could he be an interesting buy low candidate. On the flip side, he could also be the guy that you're most surprised to see get released in the middle of the season. Hmm. You're just gonna be like, they did what? Yeah. Potentially, you can't. He won't. You score your fantasy points when he's suspended or hurt again. Yeah. Or the team's just sitting him on the bench and then getting pissed off because he's sitting there being a jackass. Classic Jacksonville. All right. So in this in this matchup, that's point Le'Veon Bell. All right. Now we're gonna go to. This one's interesting for a different reason. Todd Gurley, until until the arthritis flared up in his knee or whatever the hell it was, this guy was just lights out the best running back in football. But this year, we've seen him crap out at the end of the season. We've seen him crap out in the playoffs. We've seen him crap out in the Super Bowl. Do you want to put your stock in him this year? Or would you rather have Le'Veon Bell? This is a tough one. Uh, I am. I love Todd Gurley. I I have him in like thirty five fantasy leagues last year, and I've keep I've been keeping it a whole bunch. But I am so worried about that knee. And I mean, you saw what happened with C.J. Anderson last year. Gurley goes down, and C.J. Anderson put up the same or even better numbers in some cases. Uh, he's gone, but then, well, then they got they drafted this kid Daryl Henderson. We talked about him on our last episode uh, from the NFL draft recap. This kid could be really good, and they will give him then much reason to take it easy on Todd Gurley. Now, a lot of what Todd Gurley got was his talent. A lot of what we got was volume as well. He's going to lose some of that volume, and that worries me. But I think I'm more concerned over the mysterious state of his knee. That knee is a, it's just bugging the crap out of me. And as much as I love Todd Gurley, I love his talent. Uh, and, and, uh, again, Le'Veon Bell has question marks, but I think Todd Gurley has more. And I just, I think, 
if you're a play it safe guy, and I'm not a play it safe guy, coach. You've seen the way I've set up my my fantasy rosters and the way I've chosen my my many spouses in the past. I'm a high risk uh, type of gentleman. I might go Todd Gurley for the upside, but if I if I have that high you know first round pick, and I want to go a little more conservative, maybe Le'Veon Bell is the way to go. Can't say I disagree with the logic. I think if I'm looking at this and I've got a good, you know, if I'm in a position where I've got Todd Gurley and other A-list options, I mean, I'm not taking him over Barkley. I'm not taking him over Zeke Elliott. There's probably a couple other guys. And then maybe I'm going to let somebody else grab Todd Gurley. And if I can swing Le'Veon Bell as my RB2, I think I'm okay with that situation as well. I think when you look at Gurley, though, it might be a situation if there's wear and tear on the knee, him losing 50 carries you know, might end up being okay for his performance. And you'd rather lose 50 carries than lose 250. Mm-hmm. Down for that. Uh, all, all right. right. Coach, give me another one. we got time next, for maybe one or two more. All right. Next up, we're going to go to the guy who seems to be rocketing to the top of everybody's breakout candidate list. Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin cook. Now this is a guy, all world talent flashed so much potential when he was at Florida state since coming into the league, you know, we've seen flashes, but we've also seen significant injuries. We've seen a Minnesota team that underperformed and had an offensive line that resembled Swiss cheese. This year, though, they've reinforced it. They bring, they're bringing back a lot of offensive parts, and people are really high on Dalvin Cook. So what would you rather have? The possibly declining but proven performance of Le'Veon Bell or the, tr- the significant upside of Dalvin Cook? I'm gonna go on a limb on this one, uh, Coach. Uh, this say I think it, it, it's not unlike the Todd Gurley situation. We got some injury issues, but I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and this is Rusty's stone cold lock, five million star prediction hot take. I'm gonna. I would rather have Dalvin Cook. I I, I love the upside, of the kid. I, I, I know the injuries are an issue there, but I'm just, they're not, they, he doesn't wear as much as Todd Gurley does. He doesn't have quite the mileage on him. And I think if, I I would take the risk, in my case, I think, that I would have Delvin Cook on my team, especially if I can get him later on in the first round. If I draw that later spot, I'm, I'm, I'm thanking my lucky stars and grabbing Delvin Cook. I have a feeling this might be his year. I just it, it called him a gut, and a lot of it's just gut with me, coach. Uh, I I got a feeling about this kid uh, versus, you know, we know his situation. He doesn't have uh, anybody. He's kind of the lead back there now. Latavius Murray's gone, not taking touches from him. It's really just a matter of can he stay healthy. And I'm going to bank on he does. And I would rather have him over Le'Veon Bell 12 times out of 10. All right. I, I like what you're saying. I think I'd go the other way, though. I think I would look at it as if I can get Bell as my running back too, and I don't think there's any situation where I want Le'Veon Bell as my my RB1. If I can get him as my RB2, I think I'm happy with that. Cook, I'm a little concerned. I worry about whether he can stay healthy or if we've got another Fred Taylor situation here. But I'm also hoping somebody else might jump on Dalvin Cook too early and let somebody better slide down to me. I get worried about the preseason hype guys before they've actually had a chance to do it on the field. You don't necessarily want to get that guy. What you want is last, you know, the next version of last year's Nick Chubb. Mm. You know, he wasn't starting. He was behind a guy who wasn't as good. But if you snagged him and sat on him, he gave you a great second half of the season. Sure did. So I'd rather let somebody else jump up and take Dalvin Cook too high 
and and force somebody better down to me. I can't argue with the draft position aspect of it, Coach. I can't see myself taking him in the top half of the first round uh, if I, I couldn't find myself reaching. Maybe that would be a great trade-down candidate if you find yourself in that high spot and, and snag Delvin Cook and some value later on as a potential because you always got to be thinking trades too. And to bring the dynasty focus back to this because we've – I mean, I'll, I think we got a little too much into the, re, the redraft world. Delvin Cook, if you're looking to build oh. for the future – I think I mean I think there's more interesting potential. Johnson, Fournette, Gurley as comps. I think we're all talking more or less, you know, same time frame, even though they're you know they're a little different ages. Dalvin Cook though, you know, if he can do it, he's going to be doing it longer than Le'Veon Bell. So you might if you're if you're looking to retool, rebuild, you might want to sink your teeth into Dalvin Cook if you can get a good trade deal set that up. That kid's your target right there, Coach. I love it. All right, so. Let's do one more. And the name I'm going to give you, because I know this is your favorite backfield to talk about, Sony Michelle of the Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. The New England Patriots and Bill Belichick are a wildly successful uh, football team. And I hate Bill Belichick for many reasons, mostly because he's won so many Super Bowls and I'm tired of that guy. But... I also hate him because I. This is what problem with Sony Michelle. Great talent, love the system he's in. I think he's a great fit there, except for the fact that they have 53 running backs on their roster, and you don't know who the heck you're gonna get from series to series. Sometimes you won't even see him play an entire series because it's the James White show. Or God forbid, they put Rex stupid Burkhead in there to steal a couple of goal line touchdowns when Michelle got them there. There's such a weird backfield. I hate those situations. Uh, at least I know that Le'Veon Bell is going to get most of the touches with the Jets. They may not be great touches because the Jets are, are terrible, typically. But I just, I, 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 I'm so, I do like that he's younger, obviously, but I just can't trust him because I don't trust Bill Belichick. Like, he's becoming Fat Pig Andy Reid, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of the way he uses fantasy players. Not quite Fat Pig Andy Reid levels. I hate Andy Reid. I hate him so much from a fantasy standpoint. But I I, I can't get on the Sony Michelle train just because of the fact that there are 27,000 running backs on the New England roster, and you never know who's getting the ball at any given time. And that's before they start using those 5'7 little quick slot receiver guys as de facto running backs as well. That's right. I think if you you might see at the end of the season that Le'Veon Bell and Sony Michelle might have the same rushing stats. I wouldn't be totally shocked if their yards and TDs were in the same range. But here's the difference: when Le'Veon Bell played, when he was in a 16 game season, you know he was catching. Well, all right, he only played 16 games once, but in a full season, let's say 45 passes, 83 passes, 24 passes, 75 passes, 85 passes. Last year, he caught zero passes. Mm-hmm. Which, even without playing, he only finished seven receptions behind Sony Michelle. So if you're looking for a differentiator, I don't think we're going to see Le'Veon Bell be the running threat that he was in the past because that, that Jets team is not nearly as good. But he is going to catch balls. I would not be surprised if he ends up with 90-plus catches this coming season. And that's frankly, that's right there. Because, frankly, who else is going to catch anything in New York this year? Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Who's going to catch anything in New Jersey? We get it, Jets and Giants. You don't play in New York. 
Ah, uh, that was a great set. That was a great session, Coach. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we're gonna finish. Come back le- next, and we're gonna finish off with a new segment that I'm really looking forward to because it features me, Rusty's Rants. Coming up next. And we are back for our final segment of this of this episode, and we're pleased to welcome you to a new feature. Every now and then in fantasy football, something gets my pal Rusty pissed off. So, welcome to Rusty's Rant. Rusty, what's got you mad this week? I'm going to tell you what's got me mad this week, Coach. And it is something that has been bugging me for years. And you know we're big Dynasty League guys. Right, so obviously this will this will hit home with a couple of people. But what's really ticking me off is people running fantasy mock drafts, or even worse, coach, real drafts in May. I think this is dumb, especially real drafts. Fantasy mock drafts, fine. If you got nothing else better to do with your life and run fantasy mock drafts in May, well, I mean, maybe you've got some other issues. Maybe you should go and find a girlfriend or something, but whatever. If you want to run that, that's fine. There is absolutely no excuse to go out there and do real drafts in May, especially before the draft in April. I mean, that's a whole other set of stupid right there, coach, in my opinion, but... If doing them in May just after the draft, you don't know anything that's going to happen in training camp. Guys are going to bust knees. Guys are going to get cut. Guys are going to go out and shoot people and get arrested for drunk driving. People are going to commit domestic violence. You've seen so many things that happen with some of these players. And you're going to end up with a, with a player who you draft high. And they're going to end up doing nothing for you, potentially. You need to... I like to wait as long as possible before I start drafting coach. Simply because... I don't know what the heck's going to happen. A guy could get beat out. Like, who was that guy, uh, Royce Freeman in Denver, who was supposed to be the next big running back for the Broncos, and he gets beat out by Philip freaking Lindsay? Like, you can't predict that kind of stuff in May and June, and you're just wasting your draft capital and wasting your draft picks. Why not wait till you know the injury situation, you know a guy's got the job, you're just basically gambling at this point. And I know that's what fantasy football kind of is, but you'll, you know, it's like playing the lottery almost. I mean, it's really, I, I'll never do it. I'm not going to, I don't participate in any drafts that happen in May simply because I find them dumb. You don't know enough information and you're just shooting at stuff in the dark. There's a time for shooting at stuff in the dark and then it's when there's someone coming on your property, coach. Not when you're sitting there trying to pick fantasy football and win millions of dollars like I do every single year and as do you playing high stakes fantasy football. All right, folks, that is a classic rusty rant. That rant right there, if I may say it, is hotter than an Arizona pot roast. And that's going to bring us to the end of this episode, folks. Thanks for joining us. We gave you 30 minutes, and we just gave you a championship. Tune in next episode for more great advice. Follow us on your platform of choice. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us with through Twitter, the FD Pod. You can get through in touch with us through Instagram at the FD Pod. And if you want to email us, send it to fantasy domination podcast at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to do some listener mail. So get your questions, comments, thoughts in. We are going to have some fun with our fantasy football freaks. Rusty, have you mellowed out? Anything else you want to say before we wrap up the show? I'm still fired up. Hotter than a chili pepper, boys Hotter than a chili pepper, that's right. Hotter than an Alabama afternoon in the middle of July. I don't know why I love Alabama so much. 
I don't know. You've never been to Alabama, as far as I know. And with that, this is the Fantasy Domination Podcast. Yay! <laughs>